from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. This is Roberta Schaefer at the Library of Congress. Late September will mark the 12th year that curious and concerned citizens of all ages will gather in Washington to celebrate the written word at the Library of Congress National Book Festival. The festival, which is free and open to the public, will be two days this year, Saturday, September 22nd and Sunday, September 23rd. The festival will take place between 9th and 14th Streets on the National Mall, rain or shine. The hours will be from 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Saturday, the 22nd, and from noon to 5.30 p.m. on Sunday, the 23rd. For details, please visit our website, www.loc.gov bookfest, as one word. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to one of our esteemed authors who will present this year at the Book Festival, Walter Isaacson. He's written a compelling biography about Steve Jobs. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's great to be with you. Thank you. You've written about a lot of people who are great leaders. Where does Steve Jobs fit in terms of his leadership? You know, this is not a how-to book on how to be a great leader, because Steve is kind of a mixed uh, bag in that regard. He's uh, hard to deal with. He's tempestuous, sometimes can be really rough on people. On the other hand, he's inspiring, a genius, gets people to do the types of things that they didn't know they were capable of doing. So uh, I don't think you should ever read a biography and just say, this is a recipe for how to be a great leader. You should look at the person and say, I should be more like that and a little bit less like that. Okay. I wanted to know, what was your initial reaction when Steve Jobs approached you about being his authorized, or in this case, invited biographer? Did you know him before? I knew Steve uh, since 1984 when he uh, first came to Time Magazine to show off the original Macintosh. And off and on over the years, we had uh, discussed his new products, especially when I was at Time Magazine or CNN. Uh, when I went to the Aspen Institute, he called, and uh, we took a walk, and he said, uh, why don't you do my biography? I'd just done <laughs> Ben Franklin and was about to complete Albert Einstein. And so my first reaction was, oh, you know, Franklin, Einstein, then you. You know, you think you're the next in that sequence. But... Uh, after a while, I told him I would do it, but why didn't we wait 10 or 20 years until he retired? <laughs> then I realized he was ill, and uh, and the more we talked about it, the more it seemed like an extraordinary opportunity to get very up close to a person who had transformed our times, and he was very open about it. And uh, I realized that you don't usually get an opportunity as a writer or a biographer to get that intimate and that close with somebody this important. Okay. Well, that's that's very interesting. Now, this morning's news is uh, filled with reports about Apple being the largest company ever in U.S. history, exceeding Exxon and, and Microsoft. And um, I know you mentioned in, in the biography that Al Gore had said uh, Steve Jobs was better at being the underdog than the humble giant. What do you think about that in light of uh, the success? I think that uh, <laughs> what you have here is the American creation myth writ large. Uh, somebody who starts a company in his parents' garage with his friend from down the block <laughs> and ends up uh, making it uh, the most valuable company on the planet. 
Uh, Steve was very good at being the underdog, as uh, Gore said. Al Gore's on his board. But Steve was also good at uh, staying ahead of the game even when you were on top. In other words, when he had the iPod and it made Apple a great consumer products company, he didn't rest on his laurels. He said, what would happen if people put music on uh, cell phones? That would hurt the iPod, so let's get ahead of the game, and he creates the iPhone. Now, does Steve Jobs then prove the Einstein adage that imagination is more important than knowledge? Yeah, I mean, Steve Jobs was not the smartest uh, computer technician uh, in Silicon Valley in the 70s and 80s. He was not a great engineer, not a great coder, but he could imagine and envision things. And I think that's the mark of true genius, to understand that beauty should be connected to technology, to have an intuitive feel for what people will want and what will emotionally connect to them. That's what sets Steve Jobs and Apple apart from other computer companies and other people who are technologists. When you were um, with Steve and writing the biography, were there any surprises that um, really took you sort of aback about him? One of them was that he was very emotional. Uh, there'd be times I'd look up and he'd be crying, even if he was just reciting from memory some ad copy, like here's to the crazy mm -hmm. ones, the misfits, the rebels, mm -hmm. the round pegs, and the square mm -hmm. holes. Mm -hmm. And he would say that, you know, that really emotionally connected to him. And I'd see tears coming down his cheek. I think that was a key to understanding the intensity of Steve Jobs' personality, was that he was an emotional person, understand, understood other people's emotions, very well and knew how to connect emotionally both with people around him, people he worked with, but also consumers around the world. And Walter, since we're talking about emotion and everything, I want to just shift the conversation a little bit to you. And I wondered how, as a biographer, and you've written fabulous biographies, do you remain objective about your subject? And in the case of Steve Jobs, his, his sort of spell is infamous and famous. How do you separate yourself from the subject of a biography? And then if I can say in this particular case, because you, you also both knew at the time that he had this, this very, very serious and terminal disease. I think that uh, you do get emotionally, or I get emotionally attached to my subjects, and I tend to like them. I like Steve Jobs. He kept telling me, please be honest, be brutally honest. One of the things that set Steve Jobs apart, made him seem unkind at times, was that he was always brutally honest with people. And he told me he did not want this to feel like an in-house biography. He wanted me to uh, show the full picture of him. So especially last year when he was very ill and looked like he may not make it, uh, I had deep sympathy for him, enormous respect for him, and I tried to put his various character traits that might not have been totally attractive to people, I tried to put these in context to say, yes, but he drove people crazy, but he drove them to do things they didn't think they could do, and that's why he was such a genius. So what you do when you feel an emotional connection like that is, in my case, try to explain uh, away some of the rough edges of the character you're writing about and put them into context. I want to switch or stay on this, this sort of you as the writer. Can you tell me how you decide uh, about whom you'll write a biography, or how do, you, how do you decide who you would like to make the subject of your biography, and do you have anybody you can share with me as who's next up in line? When I do a biography topic, I try to um, make a point. 
there's usually a theme I have. Uh, it started back when Evan Thomas and myself, when we were uh, much younger, wrote mm-hmm. a book called The Wise Men, and we wanted to talk about American foreign policy and how the people who conducted that foreign policy transcended partisan uh, issues. After mm-hmm. that, I wanted to continue the idea to the Vietnam period, and so did a uh, biography of um, Henry Kissinger. Uh, as I was doing Kissinger, I was learning about the realism in American foreign policy, and that led me to want to study Benjamin Franklin. And doing Benjamin Franklin, I realized what a great scientist mm-hmm. he was, so it made me want to do a scientist next. So usually one book leads to another. And is there anybody who now uh, Steve Jobs' biography has inspired you to pursue or interested in? One of the things I wanted to try to do with Steve Jobs was show the connection between creativity, innovation, imagination on the one hand, and technology and engineering on the other. And so I want to continue that in the book I'm working on now by looking at the creative and innovative people who made the digital revolution, Uh, starting with Ada Byron Lovelace, who wrote the first computer algorithm for Charles Babbage's uh, analytical engine, who are able to sort of apply poetry to uh, microprocessors, if you uh, know what I mean. You've spoken about your confidence in the future of the physical book, and I wonder if you could just comment on that. Yeah, I think paper is a good technology. It's a great storage medium. It's good for the transmission of information. Uh, Certainly electronic books are wonderful in their own way, but if we had been getting only electronic books for the last 400 years and somebody said, hey, I can put this on paper and deliver it to your doorstep and you can read it on the bus or in the backyard, you'd say, well, paper is a convenient technology as well. Maybe it will replace the Internet someday. And then finally, you have spoken often about your early exposure to legendary Louisiana writer Walker Percy. Are there other writers or people that have influenced your professional writing life? I like great narrative nonfiction writers, obviously, David McCullough, Doris Kearns Goodwin, uh, people like that. Early on, Anthony Lucas, uh, I read all of his books because he was able to take grand social issues such as the Boston desegregation of schools, and turn them into narratives about people. I I really admire those who can write narratives about people that tell us about the big issues of our time. And I've always tried to do that through biography. But, of course, uh, people from Halberstam to Tony Lucas to Nicholas Lemon have done it in great ways through uh, narrative history. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Walter Isaacson, for talking with us this morning. We look forward to seeing you at the Library of Congress National Book Festival on Saturday morning, September 22nd at 10 a.m. in the History and Biography Pavilion, where Walter will be opening up that pavilion and the book festival. Thank you so much. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.